the Forward Together podcast from Hollywood Trust with Paul Gosling and Jared Dean. Hello and welcome to the Forward Together podcast. My name is Jared Dean. I work for Hollywood Trust and today I'm joined by Paul Gosling. Paul, how's the form? Hi, Jared. So this is a series of conversations with community activists, community leaders and political representatives. Um, on four key issues, increasing the civic voice, creating a more shared and integrated society, dealing with the past and the overriding constitutional question. So for this episode's interview, Paul, you met with Tina Merrin. That's right. And Tina is the chief executive of the Integrated Education Fund, uh, which oversees the the funding allocations for integrated schools, quite obviously. And, and not surprisingly, Tina spoke quite a bit about the need for more integration at school level. Yeah. And she was started by saying that the majority of people want a shared future and a united community. Um and went on to talk about, I suppose, the practicalities of setting up an integrated school. That's right. I mean, she's very committed, obviously, towards the fact that, you know, integrated schools creates what she refers to as safe spaces. Mm. And she also stresses that it's not just about the two traditions. It's beyond that. You know, we have increasingly people from other backgrounds within society in Northern Ireland and integrated education is there to service not just the two traditions and helping those two traditions to, to come together, but also... Yeah people from other backgrounds uh, who maybe have no religion or different religions. Okay. But also, yeah, as you say, he, she was also talking about structural issues, about making the argument, firstly, that we should have more schools that are integrated, but also explaining in this interview how you can do that. And if mm. you are a parent, how you can ha- inspire a parental balance to, uh, to convert your school into an integrated school. Okay. She goes on to talk about the future and how we might achieve their improvements, if you like. And she sees a key part of that as young people, more young people taking up active roles in politics. Absolutely. that She, she sees that uh, integrated schools are not just a forum for people to come together from different backgrounds, but also to focus on different life skills and different interest points. And she does believe that they should be training grounds for people to be politically interested and to have conversations we need to have if you like Mm. Uh, the other thing that uh, she's very stressing very strongly i think is that integrated education cannot be seen on its own but actually is also closely related to to shared housing and the two things come together the other thing which I, i i struck by and again this is one of the themes that we've heard several times is that you know you can't expect peace to be built overnight and she's talking about 20 years well we've already had 20 years of course but you know yeah that is, it's not something that simply happens in 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 one go yeah and that's something that we definitely hear from other people as well okay well let's hear the conversation with tina now um now joined by tina Merrin, the chief executive of the integrated education fund tina thank you very much indeed for doing this uh we'll head straight into this i mean how do you think we should strengthen civil society in ways that enable us to make progress okay well, I think the majority of people in Northern Ireland want a shared future and a united community. We need to give civil society more of a say. We need to encourage people to speak up, um, especially young people. And then when we do get them to speak up, we have to listen to them. Integrated education has been around for the last 35 years and is a kind of model for wider society. Um, it's a model that empowers parents, communities and young people and encourages people to speak up. It encourages children to look at what unites us as opposed to what divides us. Um, integrated schools are safe spaces to have these discussions. Children from different traditions sit side by side, day by day, learning about each other from each other. 
Um, this experience removes any fear of other traditions and different cultures and enables them to express their identity. And this also has a ripple effect. You would find mainly in the primary schools, parents and grandparents are waiting there at the school gates for the children and they get to know each other as well. So this helps remove the sense of fear of the other. I, mean, I think that's an important point. A lot of people listening to this might not understand very much about the ethos of integrated education if they haven't got children that have gone there or if they haven't themselves gone there. I mean, do, do you want to say a bit about the ethos? Well, the ethos is about encouraging children to talk about themselves. It's about them being open about discussion. It's not about burying things under the carpet. It's letting an opportunity for them to express themselves. So there'll be open discussions about different issues. And we would encourage them at every stage to have these discussions. The IEF itself also would encourage um, up, and provide opportunities for young people. And it's recently we had an event this week for young people to come along and to have a talk to, talk to politicians and have their say. So it is about people encouraging people to have their say. And also as well, it's not just the children, it's the parents too. But it's also not just about people from one of the two traditions, it, no. more broadly than that, isn't it? Yes, it's about those from um, all faiths and those from no, no faiths at all. So it's about them coming together and there's opportunities through the parents' council, through parents' groups and things like that to, um, to have these discussions. We also at the minute have um, an integratemyschool.com website where parents who want their school to be integrated can actually register their interest. Once that gets to 20%, the Board of Governors of the school must then have a parental ballot for all the, ch- all the parents in the school, and they then can decide if they want to transform the school and to become integrated. We also as well have been working with um, independent researchers to establish a model called Community Conversations, which empowers parents and the wider community to become involved in education, especially in area planning of education. And we're hoping this model will be embedded in area planning going forward. This is a, a tool or and a mechanism and really it uses independent facilitators, focus groups and um, research and also um, micropoles to assess what the area wants and then this is put into and because it's independent, it's independent of the education authorities, there's an opportunity there for then this then to be taken as what the, the local community wants and we're hoping this could be embedded but it can be used for other areas too, this bottom up approach could be used for the likes of difficult issues around health or whatever and, and that feeds into what we're talking about in terms of civil society. I mean, do you see integrated schools as being part of that conversation about civil society? Very much so, very much so. We would encourage the politicians to go into integrated schools and have these conversations. It is very important, I believe, for young people to vote. But young people are more interested in the social issues health, well-being, environment, less interested in the, in the constitutional issues, but they have to feel that their voice is being heard. And once it has been heard, I think they certainly would be very interested and involved in, in, in the future of Northern Ireland and actually voting. We want to have strong citizens who at the end of the day are reflective and confident and can have their say. I mean, over the last 20 years, we've had the different experiences of the North and the South in the sense that Northern Ireland had a civic forum that didn't work ultimately. And in the South, there's been the citizens' assemblies which have had significant impact. And I, what's, what's your view about those different models of how civil society can have a voice? Civil society, I think, in Northern Ireland needs time to grow. I think um, 
we've had, I mean, you take the last 20 years, if you're a young person now, or even, even ourselves, why would you be interested in politics between the collapse of the Assembly, Brexit, Westminster and case? There's nothing there to encourage people to become involved. And I think it is around the social issues that people will want to be involved, especially young people want to be involved. And I think if we can build a consensus on what unites us around those issues, we will be able to move forward. I mean, my observation from a distance is that within some integrated schools, at least, there have been active conversations around the issues that the citizens' assemblies in the South have been addressing around reproductive rights and, uh, and same-sex marriage. I mean, is that a, a reasonable assessment of what's happening across the integrated education sector? Oh, very much so. I mean, so. obviously, yeah. post-primary level. But, oh, very yeah. much so. Yeah, post-primary level schools have been very interested in this work, and they have a strong LBGT group in, in schools as well. So this is all very much of letting young people have their say. And is that again part of the ethos of integrated schooling that you want to empower young people to be active citizens? Oh very much so, very much so and we need young people to enter into politics. I mean if you think about it now, um, it's 20 years since the Good Friday Agreement so possibly anybody under the age of 30 is less likely to be aware or directly impacted by the troubles. So what we need is these young people to become politicians of the future. Now I, I know probably what you're going to say to the next question, which is, how do you think Northern Ireland should move towards a more shared and integrated society? I mean, you're obviously going to say integrated schools at the heart of that. I am, but I'm also going to say as well that there has been some very good positive work towards this goal. However, some areas really haven't been touched. And one of them would be education and shared housing. These two um, are linked. If there's an integrated school in the area, there's a strong impact on the social makeup of that area. And the more shared housing is, the more the demand there is for integrated education. So this all helps create a more shared society. However, in the last 20 years, there's been no structural change in education. And we need to move forward on this. The education is split into four management types. There is Irish medium, integrated, Catholic maintained and controlled. And this is subsequently there. And then further split between grammar and secondary schools. And then this is supported by at least six different administrative bodies who are all funded out of the education budget. So we think it's time for a change because there's too much duplication. And we, the IEF, particularly would like a single unified education system which should be more efficient. We would advocate, strongly advocate, that um, we need to streamline schools on a cross-community basis where the curriculum and ethos is developed so the local school is welcoming and open to all and perceived to be that way. We'd argue that all new schools built should be in a cross-community, should be cross-community schools. There should be one administrative body, not six. There should be a single profession for teacher training. There's a whole load of issues. Now, these are all big issues, part of the systemic change, but nobody has been able, no party has been willing to look at these because they are so big. So we think at this stage we need some kind of independent commission to look at all these different areas and um, to provide support and so we can have a plan going forward. I mean, a lot of people say, oh, not another not another uh, commissioner, or not another plan is going to sit in the department shelves. But these areas have never been looked at. They're too big and it's about structural change. And if we can get them looked at, it certainly would um, move us towards a genuinely shared and integrated society. And do you have evidence that integrated schools does create a more harmonious society and does take us forward? Yeah, there's now, integrated education now been recognised by a growing body of academic research and international evidence that putting children together, the contact theory, has a positive impact on their attitude and the attitude to others. So it is providing one pathway to heal division and promote a less sectarian perspective on things, thus help contribute to the overall peace process.
And you mentioned about shared housing, but there have been problems with some of the shared housing schemes because they, rather than integrating different people from different backgrounds, sometimes they become a territory for conflict in terms of whose ownership they're under in terms of paramilitary groups. I mean, how do you think we should address that? I suppose go back to the basics, look to see why... The the people wanted to become um, part of this shared future, a new area. It's a bit like integrated schools. Integrated schools always have not the easiest start. There'll always be people there who want to try and stop um, what's uniting us and look again to see what's dividing us. So I think they just need to be given time to, to um, look at this and get an opportunity for the residents to talk. And, and that's an important point because uh, integrated schools are also subject to some of these pressures with paramilitary flags sometimes being placed outside integrated schools to suggest they're not actually genuinely cross-community but actually should belong to one community or another. I mean, how do you deal with that? How do schools deal with that when there's a paramilitary flag placed in front of it? Yeah, the schools, first of all, need to talk to the children and explain a bit about it. Then they need to talk to the parents. And it's great if they can bring the parents into the school to explain what they're planning to do. And you would find a lot of parents um, who have children in integrated schools are very supportive because they've chosen integrated schools because this is what they want for their child and they are very supportive. So it's really about talking and making sure that everybody understands what's happening as well if they need to bring in specific um, bodies, authorities to, to, to um, remove flags and stuff. That's up to the, the authorities to do that. And, and is that the type of conversation that takes place with schools and the PSNI about the need to remove flags? Um, it depends where you're, where you're talking about. Some, some integrated schools don't have any of these issues. Mm. Others do. It depends where they're placed. Probably most don't. But some most do. don't. Most don't, yeah. Most schools don't. But they do have issues in the very early days of trying to encourage everybody that this is the right path to go down for their school. Um, some people would be opposed to it. Others just don't understand. They're afraid. And some of the myths that come out about integrated education, you know, all our children have to learn art, all this. Uh, so um, it's about really letting people have an opportunity to hear what's happening, understand what's happening as well, and it's about providing that information from, and then they can make their own decision. And clearly this is part of the question about how education goes forward, is, is teaching about the past. I mean, how do you think we can make progress by considering what's happened in the past and to what extent can we use the past to reconcile different communities? Okay. I think we must recognise the hurt and pain um, and provide an opportunity for, to make victims' lives more comfortable, as well as an opportunity for them to talk, but also for them to talk to the young people. Um, these are difficult issues that just need to be aired in safe spaces, and integrated schools provide those safe spaces. Um, like I said before, um, we need to, when you think about it, anybody under 30 probably doesn't really remember the troubles like I suppose the same way somebody over that age would. So um, we need to have an opportunity for these conversations to take place. But also as well, young people are less interested in them. They want to move on to social issues now. But we need to remember what happened in the past to enable a division to be healed. So it's important that, yes, we do move on, but not to forget what has happened. Um, so the, again, I'd suggest it's an opportunity for people to talk and people to have... Um, talk and to talk to about their experiences and to talk to young people. Do, do you think that's true that young people are not as interested in what happened in the Troubles? I mean, because that doesn't fit with my experience, where actually often they are very interested, but they're not necessarily interested in the way it's been taught. I can only speak from personal experience. Uh, my children are interested in the Troubles and what has happened. But what 
they get very annoyed about it, which turns them off is when it starts going into the political side of things. Mm. They are not interested about the arguments that are happening up in the Assembly. They're not interested in the constitutional. They are interested in the social issues. So I, we keep saying, let's go back to the areas that um, unite us and look at the social issues. Uh, that's what they're interested in. Um, they are interested in the history, but not the way it's been played out. Yeah, my observation would be that they're often interested in the personal stories. Yes. And perhaps that creates a way to deal with the past by explaining that people have shared experiences, even though they come from different communities. Yes, that would be very good. If there was the opportunity for, for victims in the past to go into schools, all schools, not just integrated schools, and feel welcome there and have the opportunity to talk, it would be very good for the young people and as well for the victims as well. Yes, I was at an event uh, recently uh, put on uh, by Wave where there were children from, or actually you know, teenagers, older teenagers, from, from several different schools, including an integrated school, but others as well, Catholic and state mm-hmm. and uh, other schools. And, and the children, uh, the kids, were, were genuinely engaged with that and very interested in learning the stories of individuals who were very badly injured and bereaved from the troubles, talking about their own experiences and talking about the pain that they'd suffered. And the pupils themselves said... If only we had been taught history in this way rather than from a political perspective. Yes, I would very much agree with that. And, and how do you think we can, we can move towards reconciliation when we're talking about the past? I suppose, um, like I said before, integrated education is recognised by a growing body of academic research and international evidence of putting children together. The contact theory is very good. So I think there should be more opportunities for... It doesn't have to be classified as integrated education. More opportunities for children to have this contact theory. Um, and I think that once they do and realise there's really not much difference between them all and there's an awful lot that unites them, um, that would be very beneficial going forward. But maybe not just for children, but for everybody to have that opportunity. But when we're talking about the past, clearly there is a problem that often, especially the way it's traditionally taught, people perceive the past through a very narrow lens. Yeah. Um, I mean, how, how can we bring communities together when we're talking about the past? How can we reconcile them, do you think? Um, I think the best way forward is to let them have the opportunity to talk to each other. Yeah? Um, to have opportunities where they can come together and talk about their experiences. And then if they're willing once they have had that opportunity to talk to young people about their joint experiences would be very important. So beyond integrated education, if there was more connection between schools of different backgrounds, you, you, mm. would, you would like to see that with more cross-school activities, for example? Yes, but there have to be meaningful cross-community activities. Um, ideally, it's better if the children can sit in the class um, side by side every day, but it is important for children from the different communities to meet each other and to have those friendships. So whatever way it starts, it's very important for it to happen. Um, in which case, what do you feel about the, the, the shared education proposals, whereas those shared campuses without it actually being an integrated school? Yeah, we have been we have actually supported shared education for a long, long time before it actually became um, the before it actually was funded by the government. I mean, we were doing it for ten years in advance of that, and still feel it's very important for children to get this opportunity. The only thing we would say it's and the only thing I would say is that it's not sustainable in the longer term because it takes us funding. So it'd be great if it can involve you know, two schools working together. It'd be really important if there was a plan five years down the road, ten years, for the two schools to come together, especially schools that are smaller. 
that it'd be really, really a good way forward. I don't expect any of this to happen overnight, but I think it should be a gradual process. I think in Scotland, in some instances, they've got a shared campus which involves nominally kids coming in from one entrance mm. and a different entrance according to which school they're supposed to be attached to and then they are taught together. I mean, do you see any merit in that? Personally, no. Um, I would suggest that not... Well, once you have the model, once you get the building there, there should be some work done to bring them together, really. Okay. And, and the other big problem, apart from the past, is the future. I mean, how do we have the conversation in ways that are friendly and non-threatening about the, you know, the future of the constitutional status of Northern Ireland? This is a big, big question, and it's very complex as well. Um, and I'm not best qualified to answer that, but what I would go back to is that the integrated model is a wider model for society at the end of the day. Um, it's about encouraging people to speak up. It's about building awareness. Um, it's about strengthening the conversation, letting people understand. Um, and the bottom-up approach, I think, is very important. Um, I think, again, I'm sort of back repeating myself. It's back to let's look to see what unites us as opposed to what divides us. Look at a social-based agenda. Um, and actually really is back to, I think, to the first question you asked, how do we strengthen civil society in ways that enable us to make progress? And how, does, and how do integrated schools deal with the constitutional question? Do you just try and hide it, ignore it, or do you bring it out? Do you allow pupils to, to give their views? Of, Yes, certainly all children would be um, encouraged to give their views. And it depends what stage at. You know, the if you're talking about the constitution, I suppose those ones who are in post-primary schools would be more interested in this whole question, and, and certainly the whole question of Brexit as well. The children would be interested in it, and also about what's going to happen with the border. Um, and individual schools would talk to these children to see what their views are. But I suppose, like everybody... Um, nobody's really clear what's going to happen at the minute and what the implications are going to be. So, yeah, children along with um, everybody are, are waiting to see what's going to be happening. I mean, the, the studies, research shows that there's been an increase in punity tension with unionists blaming nationalists and republicans for, in their view, ramping up the, the rhetoric around the future of the border, while nationalists and republicans blame unionists for, as they see it, causing Brexit to be imposed upon us. So how do those community tensions get played out in integrated schools, and how do the, uh, the principals deal with those tensions as they surface? To be honest, I'm not really sure if they actually have been raised that much. Um, I, I haven't heard any of the principals actually saying that it, it is a big issue, but I would imagine that they would deal with these issues the same way they would deal with other issues um, on, that have happened, and they would just encourage the children to talk and have their voice heard, and if they needed to bring in expertise in any form or other, they would, they would do that. And, uh, but presumably there must be instances within integrated schools where there are these community tensions, people from different backgrounds perhaps coming at post-primary level that haven't gone through integrated schools at primary level. I mean, how do, how do the schools deal with those tensions? Well, for, for children who um, have gone to a school that's not integrated and then come into a post-primary school, the post-primary school would uh, would automatic, would be aware of this and they would bring the children together and they would have a, a subject on the um, curriculum for this. It could be whatever the name of the school is. It could be Eulidia Studies, Lagan Studies, whatever. And they bring the children together and they take it right from the very beginning and encourage the children to talk. They talk through the various issues and it's part and parcel of it's built into the ethos and part and parcel of everything they do. 
Tina thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. Thank you. Okay, um, interesting conversation there with Tina. Um, so what I found interesting there was how difficult conversations are sometimes held within integrated schools. That's right, yes. Um, Tina's certainly saying that that's what happens within integrated schools. But, of mm. course, it, you know, every integrated school will be different. Yeah. And I'm sure that, you know, some integrated schools have more open conversations than others and they have a different balance of, uh, of, of kids um, and pupils. Um, but, I mean, one of the points that she made is that, uh, you know, let's focus on what unites us rather than what divides us. Yeah. And also that young people are interested in politics. You know, what she's saying is that, you know, it's not a lack of willingness to engage, but perhaps that kids need to learn more and pupils do need to understand more about the personal face of suffering and the troubles. Yeah, it's, a, it's less learned from the past by personalism. Yes. And like most young people, Tina says that the, the social agenda seems to be of utmost priority to them as well. That's right. And of course, that's one of the important things about integrated education is the idea that you do socialise with people from a different background than, than your own family. Mm. OK. OK, so that's it for this episode. Um, you can catch all future episodes through wherever you get your podcast app or through our website, hollywelltrust.com or the Slugger O'Toole website, sluggerotool.com. And thanks to Tina for taking the time to meet with Paul for this episode and to Dee Kern, Emer Doherty and Jacqueline McKay for production support. So thanks for listening. The Community Relations Council for Northern Ireland supports this podcast through its media grant scheme and core funding programme.